Welcome to Trinspo. This week we have one of my best and oldest friends, and I don't mean oldest <laughs> in the sense of our age, which, which we were talking we about, know. but in the sense of we've been good friends for a really, really long time, probably over a decade. Definitely over a decade. Yeah, way longer than that, actually. That makes me feel old a little bit. So we have Maria Jackson here with us today. Maria, what's your relationship with traveling? My relationship with traveling, I travel for work all the time, but I travel for one at least once a year, or at least the last five years I have. But before that, it was just when I could, whether it's, you know, around town, just getting in the car and go, or a big trip every couple of years. But yeah, I travel a lot for work since I drive truck for a living. You go all over the U.S. for your job, basically. Not really with this job, with the last one I did, but uh, they say they're 48 states plus Canada, but they're mostly Midwest, East, and South. So I do a lot of Midwest region runs, or now I'm going out to Pennsylvania right now to drop off a load, and I'll turn around and go back to Indiana and I get pretty used to the Midwestern region here. And how do you like traveling for work? Uh, traveling for work is different than traveling for fun. I actually like it because I like a change in scenery. I don't like doing the same thing every day, seeing the same places and taking the same route. So it's always a nice surprise when they're like, okay, you go east or you go down south. And it has a lot of advantages. Like I get to visit with family. Like last week, I was able to see an uncle in Ohio. And then I visited with family in Wisconsin. And I visited family on different sides of the country. I went down south. I've seen my dad in Georgia and family in Michigan and family in Alabama. So it has its advantages for sure. And I like going and visiting different stores or if I have extra time, just stop somewhere and experience something new that I haven't seen or done before. So it's actually a lot of fun. That's really awesome. And it sounds like even though you do it for work, so it's maybe not as exciting as traveling for fun and vacation that you still get to stop and do some fun stuff and do some personal things if you're visiting people while you're traveling to all these places for work. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It's not all the time that I have extra time, but I've been doing it for almost four years. And in that amount of time, you're sure to find some personal time to do things here or there, or I can even ask work for extra time. Like they gave me three days in October last year to go to a funeral down south. So they're like, we understand you need time off. We'll give you a load to get you down there. So I didn't have to worry about paying for a flight or taking my own car. So I got paid to go down there. And then they're just like, let us know when you want to get back to work so it's pretty useful that was really nice of them basically though for more life events they would let you extend a trip or if you were like oh i just want to spend more time in pennsylvania would they let you do that yeah they would you'd have to let them know ahead of time like i've had a friend who wanted to go to a football game either in minnesota or out east and as long as she let them know ahead of time like hey i bought a ticket to this game or like okay we'll get you a load over there and you've got to tell us when you want to leave again and then we'll find you something to leave as long as you're not doing it all the time so you're not really working at all but if you put in the miles then they'll definitely work with you to get you your vacation wherever you want to well as long as they can find a load somewhere anyhow yeah so something kind of within the general area that you're already bringing loads to Mm -hmm. yeah 
like if you were like, oh, I want to go to California when you don't really drive to California right now, it would probably be harder to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They used to have roads out that way, but now it's just more expensive to have drivers go out there and they're not willing to pay for it. But I'm sure the people who took loads out there are like, hey, we're going to take four or five days and just enjoy the sunshine out here. Like, okay, yeah. let us know. <laughs> go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of nice. That's really great that they're also flexible, that you can kind of work it with your schedule because that's a fun way to like maybe do a little bit of both traveling for work but then putting some vacation days on trip too yeah i love it so traveling somewhat for work and for also vacation i'm sure you've seen some crazy things (laughs) yeah i've seen a lot of crazy things crazy things i remember are always bad That's okay. I saw a truck on fire one time in the middle of the night, and it wasn't a full tractor trailer. It was just the tractor part, the bobtail. And I came over a hill. It was like 9 o'clock at night, and it was just engulfed in flames. And I could see the driver, I don't know, 50 yards away, just kind of staring at his home, you know, his home on the road, just on fire. And I just felt so bad because it's like you have to start all over. Like, what are all the possessions that he's losing and whatnot? And that was kind of sad. Yeah. Do you have a lot of your own possessions in the tractor trailer? I do. It's uh, basically a studio apartment for me at my own home. I've got a bed and all my bed clothes. I have a TV and an Xbox, my computer. So lots of possessions of microwave and the stovetop, basically anything to anything you need for living. I've gotten here and I leave it in here when I go home for the weekend. So I might drive for the company, but it's essentially my truck. They don't make you take everything out. So you just get more and more and more in here and it is your home away from home. Yeah. And that's how most truck drivers have. Like that's the setup that a lot of truck drivers have in their trucks, right? Yeah, I'd say 90%. I'd say the only ones who don't have it like that are like the day cab drivers who are home every night and they're not always in the same truck every day, but they don't even have like a a sleeper berth area to put anything. So then they don't really have to worry about it. Gotcha. So is the cab furnished by the company? Do they give you some basic stuff or do you also furnish it? Like are most of those things your personal possession that you bought for the truck? Oh, they have the, they put the bed in it, but that's it. You've got to do all the sheets and whatnot because otherwise it'd be kind of nasty if you got in a company truck and you don't know where any of the things came from and (laughs) who used it. That's true. Like you don't want the sheets from the last (laughs) guy or whatever, but if they had a microwave for you... I'd be like, that's okay to use it. Yeah, I would. <laughs> that's someone else <laughs> but, used. But uh, most of the drivers yeah. take it with them to their next truck. That makes sense. You were telling the story about the truck on fire. I mean, do you have extra insurance or does your work put extra insurance on your truck then? Because it's almost at that point, like your car insurance and your home insurance rolled in one. You know, I don't, I should really look, look into that in case. <laughs> I mean, it's more out of curiosity, right? Because it's like, let's say that something in your truck started on fire and you lost your xbox right you would hope that your insurance would cover it just the way that if your house let's say you're renting a house and part of it starts on fire um, your insurance should cover the damage to your personal property yeah i should talk to somebody at work because they have insurance that the truck would be covered but i'm not sure about all the belongings inside of it it was probably in one of the papers i signed but don't read (laughs) 
just like all of us. <laughs> We've all signed our lives away so many times without knowing. Yeah, it. with this company, if I lost everything, they would provide for me. They wouldn't let, they are such a family oriented company. They'd be like, here, we're going to help you get all your stuff back because we love you and we take care of our own. So they wouldn't let me just lose out on everything. That's awesome. That's really good that they're so caring towards their employees because a lot of companies in the U.S. you don't necessarily see that. Mm -hmm. That's true. I could stay with them for life. I've been with them for two years going on three and that's the longest I've ever held one single job. So they've got to be good (laughs) and pass my test. That's awesome. So when you saw this guy with his truck on fire, did you stop? I did not stop. I just kept on going. (laughs) You were like, that's really incredibly sad, (laughs) but I'm going to keep driving because I got to get somewhere. Yeah. Well, because you don't know, you assume that somebody's called the police already because this giant fire has to be notified. And it's like, are you really going to help or are you going to hinder if there's just more trucks parked on the side of the road just to watch this bonfire of a truck? And it's like, can I yeah, help or can I not help? So, I mean, I thought about stopping a few times, but also with a semi going at highway speed, by the time I get it pulled over and stop, I'd have to hike it like a mile back to whoever needs help. Yeah, that would be a lot harder. I saw that and I saw a domestic abuse thing on the side of the road, which I also called the police for, which is crazy. It was in Indiana on I-65 and we were in stop traffic. I don't know why we were creeping along and there was this car on the side of the road and there was a man and a woman and they were arguing with each other and then I just saw the guy hit the woman in the face and I was like oh my goodness like punch her in the face and everybody's just driving by and like I called the police and there was a police car on the passing lane on the left lane and of course all these trucks are in the right lane so I'm like can you you can't even see Mm Because you're going and you can't see between the space between a truck and the one behind oh. it. So I called and I tried to say where they were and whatnot. But it's like by the time anybody gets there, they can be gone. But you could just tell on her face yeah. that she was just resigned to dealing with this. And that it wasn't a first time event because she just was so stone faced and like trying to hold it together. And it's like, okay, well, I didn't have anything that could help her. I didn't want to make it worse, but like you want to make it yeah. better at the same time. I mean, I think calling the police is definitely helpful. So you're helping in that sense, regardless of whether it seemed like a long term thing, you would think that it has to be pretty egregious if, if he's hitting her in broad daylight, right? In front of and, everybody, all these people. Yeah, that it's gotten to a point where that's just so a part of their lives that they don't think about that or he doesn't think about that. That's really sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's kind of crazy to see human life on the road. People are crazy. Bitches be crazy. But yeah, other than that, then you just see accidents. Like one time a pickup truck started going down the wrong way on the highway coming towards us. And we're just honking at him like, hey, oh my gosh. do you know you're going the wrong way? Don't you think you would figure it out? Yeah, you no? figured it out. Because by the time I called the police, they're like, yeah, we know. You're not the first one to call. He's got turned around now. And okay, good. <laughs> so it wasn't like an interstate highway. It's just like a divided road left, you know, two lanes going one way, two lanes going the other way. Uh, and a median. And he didn't quite make mm-hmm. it across the median before he started going the wrong way. 
<laughs> but he didn't hit anybody, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I think there's some intersections more, not really on highways, but more on like city streets where I'm like, oh, it's really confusing that this is a one way or like it's hard to know unless you're paying close attention. So I can see sometimes how people get turned around, but like on a freeway, I feel like you would find out really <laughs> quickly. Just watch the traffic. Like this is the wrong thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> so it always shocks me when I see it on the news as an unintentional thing, like someone got turned around i'm like how did you drive five miles <laughs> and not notice you know <laughs> yeah uh even in small towns the one ways will get you especially if you're a tourist brianna was driving mm-hmm. and somebody started honking at her because they thought she was in the lane that they were trying to get in and then they just saw that all these people coming up behind are going the same way and they're like oh maybe we can't turn down this road <laughs> <laughs> I was in Mexico once and I wasn't driving the car, but I had something similar happen where there was a lot of one ways in the town that we were in and we got pulled over for going the wrong way (laughs) on a one way street, but there was like no signs that said it was a one way and then the officers yeah the officers were like oh yeah the sign was like three blocks back and we had just turned onto the street and we're like okay i don't know if i believe you or not but i guess i I guess we're going the wrong way (laughs) yeah there's a lot of crazy stories in mexico and they'll they'll even try and set you up brandon's brother was down there and he bought a knife from some person whether it's at a kiosk or what have you then he goes a mile down the road and then he gets pulled over and he's not allowed to have it so then they just confiscate it i'm sure they just went right back to that place and handed him back the knife to get the next person (laughs) yeah that's actually kind of the story with this situation that i was in is that we felt like we were probably set up because we didn't actually see any signs and then the cops were like oh yeah yeah it's back there but then they were pretty shady cops because uh, we were driving a, a car from the u.s so we had heard after the fact that sometimes they target like american license plate Uh and um the cops were like yeah just give us some money give us 50 bucks i think is what they said and like then you'll be fine did you guys give him money my friend who was driving no he was like nah i'm not giving you money (laughs) (laughs) and um (laughs) and so they're like fine then you gotta go down the station which like they don't really want to do right And then it was like weird too, because there was two cops that pulled us over and then one was like, fine, we'll go down to the station. And then the other one tried to like get money out of us after the fact. He's like, oh, my friend's really upset, but like you can give me some money or whatever. And my my friend who was driving, he was like, no, we're going to go to the station, right? I think this is not a real charge, right? Mm -hmm. So we actually went to the police station in Mexico. And when I tell people this story, I'm like, this is a time I almost went into jail in Mexico (laughs) because it was a legitimate police police station but my friend didn't speak Spanish the one that was driving and I spoke Spanish so he was like yeah come help me translate and so there was like this huge wall of glass when we go into the station the officers that pull us over are like okay come in with us and they wouldn't let anyone else in the car because there was four of us go with him and then I said in Spanish to them like wait he doesn't speak Spanish so that's not fair and they're like fine you can come too (laughs) and so then the two other people in the car had to wait in like the waiting area and then my friend and I go through this big uh, sliding glass door and we sit in this police station and they're like oh yeah we're just waiting for the chief like El Jefe right <laughs> they kept saying that and then they're like you're gonna have to see El Jefe I don't know and my friend was like that's fine like I don't care like he just didn't want to pay the money because we were poor college kids at the time too but he was like pretty ballsy about it I have 
have to say because if it were me I would just be like oh this sucks and then I'd probably pay the money you know but he was like no yeah yeah he was like no I'm not gonna do it so we were like sitting forever and then it felt like forever because we just had nothing to do right and there was like people walking past and finally they were like okay he's ready and then we walk into this room they open a door And there's like a bunch of people in this room. And then there's one guy sitting at a small desk. And this guy is literally 20 years old. I'm not even joking. He's so young. And he's El Jefe. (laughs) We were like, what? And then he's like, so you were going the wrong way on a one-way street. And then my friend's like, yes. And then the Jefe's like, okay, that's a fine. And then he points to one of the people near him. That person pulls out of the drawer in the desk a pad of paper. And it's literally just a big stick notepad basically (laughs) it's like not anything formal that has like any letter mark or anything on it and then he writes twenty (laughs) dollars on the piece of paper and he was like your your fee is twenty (laughs) dollars and my friend was like okay cool (laughs) so he was like that's great i'll pay 20 bucks so he pays them 20 bucks and then we leave People say that if you mess with Mexican cops, sometimes they'll like fine you for stuff or like throw you in jail for no reason. So we were joking at one point, oh, we're going to be in a Mexican jail. In all serious, even though we were joking about it, it can be really scary. Obviously, they don't have the same system set up. So if you couldn't call your friends and family outside of Mexico, you might just sit there for a while, which would really suck. Yeah, when my aunt was actually held in the Mexican prison for a few days, she still won't talk about it. Yeah, it was devastating for her. happened well it was my great aunt so my grandpa's sister and she took a boat ride down there with one of her friends and she had a dog and when she pulled in onto one of the docks down there the police came up to her and were saying that it was illegal what she was doing and she wasn't allowed to be doing that but they didn't want to go onto the boat they were terrified of this little ankle biter that she had so apparently don't they don't like dogs or something but then they took her and him to jail but of course since they were male and female they couldn't be in the same jail and she was in there for like three four days her family hadn't heard from her she was supposed to be back it was one of the most terrifying things that ever happened to her i didn't even hear the story from her my grandpa told me about it watch out because even if you're not doing anything wrong they will just chuck you in there for something and then try and do paperwork that's scary both your situation yeah, they probably took like half an hour trying to find El Jefe off the street for you. They didn't have anybody like, quick, somebody get to the conference room. We need an El Jefe. <laughs> we got to get some money out of these Americans. That's what it felt like. And like my friend was totally fine paying 20 bucks. And the station seemed like it was marked a police station. So it seemed real, but it was it was just everything else about it felt so fake like we were in a play almost the the cops didn't seem very serious and the the jefe seemed like he was an intern or whatever (laughs) right and so i was just like is any of this real life but (laughs) i guess it kind of (laughs) was is this real life (laughs) at least they didn't have a a play jail yeah (laughs) what a story though i've never gotten in trouble with the law while traveling (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably one of my only times. But it's a pretty cool time, though. I mean... Yeah, survived <laughs> Especially it. now, maybe not then, but now it sounds pretty cool. yeah I think I was a little bit more nervous than my friend even though I wasn't the one on the line as much as him but I was like oh he's really chill about this and I don't know these guys seem really they seemed really schemey so I didn't trust whatever was happening but I was like okay if my friend's chill about it he's the one paying the money so (laughs) 
<laughs> or potentially going to jail. Who knows? <laughs> well, 20 bucks is better than 50. But yeah, it's easy to get swindled, though. Like, I'm just too believing of people that if they tell me something, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, won't even second guess it. I'm like, okay, here's 50 bucks. <laughs> if you need it, you need it. I'm driving away. Have you ever been swindled? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> in Mexico, even. It was uh, Cozumel, and I was on a cruise, and we were at a port. So, we, like, all these tourists are going around in all these shops, and people are calling out to you because they want you to spend money. There was one place sold jewelry, and we go in, and they're like, hey. That sold jewelry? And they're like, do you want a shot? Do you want a shot? you want tequila? And we're like, sure, we'll take a shot of tequila. So they give us this half a shot each of cheap-ass bottom-shelf tequila. And then they're like, oh, this next to be... <laughs> water? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Mexican water. <laughs> That's where the swindle began. <laughs> yeah, they bring you in with tequila and then they get your money afterwards. I ended up buying this, like, necklace for, like, 50 bucks that probably came out of a quarter machine or something. It was probably the cheapest, crappiest That's so funny. necklace ever, but I'm like, oh, I gotta buy something. They gave me alcohol because oh, you just felt bad or did they really push it on you oh, they really put, it's hard for me to say no like i can't just like turn around and walk away i'm practicing because people just tell me all the time <laughs> i can't haggle anytime they tell me the price i'm just like okay that's fine like not even trying to save ten dollars <laughs> or anything it's like this is obviously worth three dollars but i'll pay 30 because you told me <laughs> Yeah, I'm terrible. You should just definitely not travel to touristy areas because I think like haggling is part of any super touristy area. And then area. I tried and then I got shut down. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> At this jewelry shop? No, the next time I tried to haggle, I bought something for 30 bucks and I thought it was the coolest thing. It was a puzzle box that you had to figure out how to open. And then we went to a oh, different area. Cool. Yeah, it was so cool. It was in Belize. And then we go to a different area and then you see them at all these stalls that people are selling and it was like $15 cheaper I'm like you've got to be kidding me that's why you don't buy things at the first place you see them I'm like oh, okay I really like this trinket over here how much is this oh $10 uh, what if I gave you five no no that's not enough it's $10 I'm like well how about eight nope still $10 I'm like okay bye <laughs> I just Aww. walked away and I came back later oh how about $10 I'm like okay fine bye <laughs> not buying this thing I fail. At least you tried, though. It's hard to haggle, but I think that if you try and then you don't succeed, that's fine, too, because you can always walk away. Or if it's something you really want and you're like, fine, I legitimately am fine paying $10 for that, then that's fine, too. But <laughs> you got to just practice. Yeah. So maybe I think the next time you try, you'll be successful. I hope so. <laughs> People are scary when they tell you no, <laughs> but I want it. <laughs> <laughs> you, like if you say that's too much and you walk away they'll try and offer it to you for less i think i saved a dollar one time at one of the stalls i count that as a victory <laughs> oh see that's good <laughs> yeah it sounds like you're already winning <laughs> maybe that's it though is you have to you have to act like you don't want it i'm not good at hiding my emotions either but like look like you you're just like mm, maybe but i'm really not sure i don't need um, this i can walk away when you just slow turned <laughs> <laughs> 
call me yeah. back. Please call me back. I actually want it. <laughs> yeah. You're like walking out of the store so slowly and they're like, what is wrong with this person? <laughs> Americans, I tell you. <laughs> I'm also not an amazing haggler, so uh, we need some haggling advice <laughs> from anyone who's a pro. Don't send us anywhere together. We'll spend double what it's <laughs> no. worth. <laughs> That's not how you do it. Well, because I'm not used to being rude to people, and I feel like if you don't even acknowledge them when you're talking, when they're talking to you, it's just like the rudest yeah. thing you could do. But like sometimes that's the only way to handle them because once you make eye contact, then you're lost. I have to say that it's a very Midwestern thing to be so polite and nice because definitely growing up, I was, I mean, I still, it's a little big part of me trying to be polite and not be really rude to people that you don't know and strangers. It's just a part of our culture. But now being an adult and having lived in some big cities, that really helps with my ability to just ignore people. (laughs) Because when you live in a big city and you see people like the same people every day, you kind of get used to just not falling for scams or just, you're just like, I don't want to be bothered. Like I got places Places to be right but you're on the street so you're just like nope <laughs> for better or worse like it probably makes me less humane but <laughs> it also helps me get swindled less i guess just by living in a big city and there like having to get used to people being everywhere i'd be broke my first year living in a big city you probably would be <laughs> <laughs> from the sound of it <laughs> well, it's hard to tell people no <laughs> Do you have any other crazy stories from the road? The big story that I tell people, and you'll remember this because I called you years ago when it happened. Yeah. Is uh, when I found that dead guy at the shipper in West Bend, Wisconsin. I was trying to work and um, there was a, and it was in the middle of winter, so it was probably 15 degrees out. And cold. Yeah. So. We, you drop loaded trailers and you, or you drop trailers and you pick up trailers. So I dropped a trailer and I was trying to pick up a trailer. And there was another truck, tractor, trying to pick up a trailer next to the one I wanted. And the door was open and there was like no movement whatsoever. And I was like, what is this person doing? Like, why isn't he working? And so it took me like 10 minutes to figure out that there was something seriously wrong with this guy. Could you see him? You could just see his door open, right? You could see, well, because I had to get out of the truck to go take a look. But yeah, you could definitely see him like slopped over, sitting in the driver's seat, but leaning over like towards the passenger. So that should have been the indicator right away. But I guess my brain just kind of shut off because who imagines that somebody's dead there? I was like, why is he taking a nap (laughs) with the door open? Does he know it's cold? I don't know. I mean, I think that you would just assume someone's sleeping because in your day to day, you're more likely to see someone sleeping than someone dead. So obviously hindsight is 2020, but Mm -hmm. I would probably think the same thing. I'd be like, oh, (laughs) this person's just chilling. Taking a nap in the middle of winter, 15 degrees out with his door open, even though there's a perfectly good bed in the back of his truck that he could be sleeping in right now. Yeah, but then I I talked to someone from the warehouse and they called the paramedics and I got out of the way. And uh, since I was the only truck driver available, they kept asking me for help like while they they pulled the guy out and were trying to resuscitate him on the ground and they were like can you shut the truck off and so i tried oh, to man. go through the passenger side which was away from the activity and of course it was locked so i had to try and go around the paramedics while they were working on him just to get oh. him shut the truck off and i was like hey, anybody could have done that you just turned the key um yeah it's just like any other vehicle right 
Yeah, and then uh, when they took him away, too, the police asked me to write up my statement, and I tried to be as thorough as possible, so it was like writing a paper, because I didn't want to leave anything out, because I thought I'd get in trouble or something. And then the people from the warehouse came out, and they're like, can you move his truck? And I was like, fresh out of trucking school. I'd only been on the road for like six months or less, and um, all trucks are different. Like, cars have manual and automatic. Trucks have manual automatic, but Mm -hmm. then the manuals can be 8, 10, or 13 speed so they're not all the same and so I'm like okay I'll try so I just got in this dead guy's truck and just it was just kind of surreal to see what his life was like on the road and he was neat and it's like oh he had a family here's a picture and it was just kind of weird to get in and move it and then they come back out 20 minutes later and they're like oh sorry can you move it one more time for us and I'm like sure are you serious (laughs) at this point (laughs) they had me move it outside first but was winter and they didn't know when somebody could come pick it up they wanted me to move it inside so that it was more likely to start again after being off for so long yeah i think that is crazy surreal to not only experience that but then to have to get in this stranger's truck that you've just seen this almost personal thing right like i I wouldn't know if you saw me dead right but i it's just like a personal It feels really intimate to like find someone in that state and then to not only have that experience, but then have to get in their truck, which is really intimate because as you expressed earlier, it's like their second home, Mm -hmm. right? And then to have to move it when you're like, oh, I'm doing this really personal thing for this person that is a total stranger. Who's not even here anymore. That's wild. Yeah, it was very personal, like you said. Yeah. But that was the biggest thing. So that's always kind of the last story you want to tell me. Some of your stories, you wouldn't see that if you didn't have a career in trucking. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be on the road as much, so I might not see as many people doing crazy things while driving or on the side of the road as you do. But finding someone in that state, that has actually really nothing to do with your job. Like you just happen to be in this place and time. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty wild. Yeah. And uh, seeing as much as you do you kind of get desensitized to things say a car accident like depending on how bad it is you know it's the worst thing somebody can possibly imagine like oh i was in a car accident my car is totaled and i don't know say they broke their arm you know it's a really bad thing to happen but yeah scary when you see so many accidents all over the place all these different states all the time it's like oh there's another car accident and you drive by and you look and it's like oh that one looks pretty bad but then you just kind of pass by and mm-hmm. keep on with your day and you know people like it changes their whole life it's like okay that person's life-changing event was just 20 minutes of my day and then you keep on and then you forget about it so it's kind of yeah. strange to think about that because it it only affects the driver in like, like traffic like okay well you just backed me up for an hour and it's like hello little sympathy that person is either in the hospital or they died or people just don't seem to care about other people on a personal level. It is crazy because those people are strangers to you, right? But uh, something about also like being in our metal boxes, like when you're in a car, you feel so removed from people in another metal box, Mm -hmm. even though they're just people. And if you're all in a big room together, you would be like, oh, I should be nice to that person, right? But something about being on the road, I think 
makes people less sensitive to each other mm-hmm. or not really see people as human behind a car, even though we all know that we are. It's definitely weird to think of people's lives changing. I remember when I was younger, but old enough to drive, I would sometimes like stop at a stoplight and like look over at the person next to me and think in more of a like, positive way. I, like, I wonder where that person's going, you know, mm-hmm. and I wonder what they're doing today and what their lives are like and what their hopes are and stuff like that and I guess that's a little bit more whimsical but I think that's what I like about airports too I've always felt that kind of thirst for oh what could be of when I'm in an airport especially a bigger one that's international flights and you see people from all over the world you're kind of like these people are going to some crazy different country and they're about to go on some crazy adventure you know Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's really wild to just be like all these people who are intersecting in this one place and we're all strangers but we're in this building together or like on this road together I think about that once in a while no it is cool to think about I think it makes people a little less self-centered because when you're traveling like most people think about their lives so it's kind of interesting to wonder about other people's lives you know you have so much going on in your life and so does that person in the next car over like they've got a lot going on too and are they happy are they sad are they you know adventurous or hermits like you don't you don't know and you'll most likely won't ever ask them and see what's going on so it's kind of fun to let the imagination go and that's good to know that there's other drivers out there looking across at the intersection wondering who am i (laughs) (laughs) you could make a documentary of your escapades on the road I've thought about it. I don't I don't think I'll ever have the drive to or ambition or whatnot. But I'm like, I could because just everyone is doing something ridiculous. I've seen people watching movies on their phone in the middle of rush hour traffic in Chicago. It's like you wonder why there are so many accidents. Like, can't you wait until yeah. later? Like, why are you doing this right now? So it's just so frustrating to see all these people doing stupid things. I swear I saw some lady doing her taxes. I don't know. It probably wasn't taxes, but she was really <laughs> focused on her paperwork going down the freeway. <laughs> Damn. I wish I could do my taxes while driving. I think that that would make my life a lot easier, but <laughs> I can barely focus on my taxes at home, much less <laughs> in my car. <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of bad things. Um, not bad things. I've seen a lot of crazy things. The one I was thinking of was really bad and not safe for work. <laughs> uh, you see a little bit of everything on the road. And uh, I was in Ohio and there was a guy in a pickup truck and he was jacking off while he was driving down the road. And he made eye contact. Oh. And he was not shy. And I was like, mm, okay. You made eye contact with him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you were like, stop that. I don't know, because when he first passed by, I'm like, that's a weird water bottle that he has in his laughter. <laughs> Fresh colored water bottle, cool. And then he passed by again. And I'm like, oh, that is definitely not a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> So you were like driving alongside him for 20 minutes. Yeah, well, he wasn't going that fast. Like, I, If I could have gone faster, I would have. But I didn't really want to go slower because <laughs> I was governed at 66 miles per hour. I couldn't go any faster. And we came yeah. up on traffic or something. So he passed me and then his lane slowed down. So then I passed him and I was like, oh, I see what he's doing. And then when traffic cleared up, he was, he was doing like 66 and a half so it took him a long time to pass me just focus on other things you know (laughs) 
I guess like what about driving gets you you turned on I guess like the bumps in the road like what is his motivation why not do that and I've talked to a couple other friends I'm like yeah I don't know and I'm like really (laughs) they said they've done it yeah they've masturbated while driving just past the time that's interesting "Mm, okay it's an interesting hobby (laughs) your poor car So I always ask my guests, what is your favorite thing about traveling? My favorite thing about traveling is, I guess I'll go with shopping because I always like to try and get a souvenir from wherever it is that I go, state or country or wherever. But I I just kind of like to look and see what different locations have to offer. Yeah. I really like the relaxing aspect of travel. Like I don't travel for adventure or anything like when i travel i think of like vacation and vacation for me is relaxing so it's not the going 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 all the time but like either staying at the hotel or a beach or wherever and you're just bumming around is the best part of traveling because then you really kind of get the reset and i'm gonna do it right now now that i'm just thinking about it (laughs) that sounds lovely let's go take a vacation right now (laughs) yep i'm with you where are we going not Mexico, because we know you can't <laughs> haggle, <laughs> and neither can I, so. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Trinspo, the travel inspiration podcast. If you want more Trinspo in your life, you can visit us at Trinspo.com, where you can listen or subscribe to episodes, read show notes, and view an ever-updating map that follows our adventures each week. If you have a question or you want to share your travel story, you can email us at Trinspo at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram or Twitter, where our handle is at Trinspocast, or on Facebook.com slash Trinspo. Thanks for coming along for the journey.